Hello, mummers, and welcome back to episode four in our Well-Rested Mama series. This episode is probably the most important one. It's all about how to look after mum so that you can look after babe. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Fizzy. Welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. This is our final episode in the Well-Rested Mama series. I hope you've loved this series so far. I think this topic is so, so important for all pregnant women to prepare for what is to come and for all postpartum women who are in the thick of managing newborn sleep and managing how to fill their own cup up and how to feel rested in this period because For so many women, this is a period of survival and my goal for all women is that you can move beyond surviving and actually move into thriving. I so wish that all women could experience thriving in motherhood, not just surviving. And don't get me wrong, some days I am just surviving and that's okay too. But I aim for more. I aim to thrive and I know that we all can if we have the right support around us, if we have the right tools and the right education I really do think that we all can thrive. So this is such an important episode today. We're going to be talking all about self-care with the wonderful Sarah, who is our baby and well-being coach. She is our sleep specialist. Go find her at Blossom and Snooze on Instagram. If you want to learn more about these topics, if you want to see her unique approach to it, I think she is such a beautiful, gentle, warm place to land when you're trying to deal with these really challenging topics around sleep and around filling your cup up. So in today's episode, we're chatting all about trying to overlap where you and your children's needs can be met. I talk about my Venn diagram explanation, which I think every woman should know about. We also talk about why self-care doesn't need to be these big grandiose things, but it's the micro moments. And we change the whole analogy of filling your cup up. Sarah talks about how we can pour from the overflow. And this was a really good reconstruction of that filling your cup analogy for me. I've totally reconstructed how I think about that now. And I think it's so important. Definitely listen to when she speaks about that. We talk about meeting your needs while also meeting your child's sleep needs and how to maximize maternal sleep. So different hacks that you can implement implement so that you can maximize the amount of sleep you're getting as a mama whilst also supporting your baby through all their sleep progressions and all their ups and downs because let's be honest that goes for a long time and you need to make sure that you can support your own sleep while also supporting their sleep. So this is a super important episode. This is episode four. I think it is really important if you can go and listen to episode at least episode one and three before you listen to this episode today because they specifically talk about meeting your baby's needs in a realistic way. So talking about what are the actual biologically normal ways for infants to sleep so that you know that the bar is set as a realistic expectation because that will help you understand today how you can look after yourself because you know how to look after your baby really, really well. And episode three is the top five tips for baby sleep. So go check that out as well so that you've got all the information there. So you know how to support your babe. And today is going to be all about how you can support you. Episode two is also really important if you want to look into co-sleeping. We talk all about co-sleeping in episode two. So go check that out if you haven't already. Today is the final episode. Do make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast because I have some really wonderful guests and epic topics coming up 
on the podcast. I don't want you to miss out. So if you subscribe, that will just automatically pop up in your newsfeed. And I don't want you to miss out because particularly the VBAC one for any VBAC mamas coming up, that one's going to be an epic series and I have heaps of birth ones planned as well. So it's going to be really, really fun. And as always, I'd love to hear from you over at Physio Laura. If you have any podcast suggestions, if you want to learn about a specific topic that I haven't covered yet, come and tell me. I am so open to feedback and hearing what you guys want to learn about. Um, I think, yeah, come and tell me. I'm really, really interested in that. And a reminder, final reminder, if you haven't listened to the bonus video from Sarah on this topic, it is inside the Pregnancy Posse membership. It is free for all members. It's a 25-minute deep dive on all of the topics we have covered in this podcast. And it talks about how to take the guidelines and everything we know, particularly around things like bed sharing and implement them into your routine, into your daily life, understanding what is normal, what is safe, how we can make a really beautiful, nurturing, loving sleep environment so that we can all feel well rested because that is the topic of this entire podcast series. We want to be well rested. And as I mentioned before, I want to see women thrive, not just survive in motherhood. So this is such an important important message share it to all your mama friends and make sure that we're all helping each other out to feel super supported and super nourished and super rested as much as possible in this season of life so if you want to check out all this podcast series plus the bonus content it's inside the membership thepregnancyposse.com if you're a pregnant mama trust me you need to go and check out this membership it will save you a whole ton of googling guessing yourself, not knowing what to do when it comes to workouts and pelvic floor exercises and what do I do if I have this pelvic pain? It's all covered inside the membership. If you want that support from me and from a wonderful community of mamas, go check out thepregnancyposse.com. But without further ado, it is the final episode, episode four. Let's talk all about how we can support ourselves as mothers to support our babes. Enjoy. I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to looking after mum because I think sometimes it can come across when you read all the books and listen to all the podcasts that, you know, it's all about babe and it's about how do you optimize baby sleep? And, you know, we, we're talking a lot in this podcast series as well about responsive parenting, which does involve responding to your baby and, you know, developing that dependency and making sure that you are with them and you know like available for them which can be really really challenging if you yourself are not coming from a full cup and you are depleted so can you talk us through your your best advice because I think you talk really beautifully on this topic about how we can optimize maternal sleep you know that first and foremost but more more broadly like how can mums do self-care. And I want you to talk about your cup filling analogy because that really um, resonated with me and I want you to share that with the listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, And this is part of my holistic approach in responsive parenting in that it's not just about the baby um, because you're right, the focus does um, tend to go that way in our society. And I don't look at your baby's sleep in isolation because we're so deeply connected with our little ones. And if I'm focusing on just your baby's sleep then I'm not seeing all the other pieces of the puzzle and if I'm not checking in with how you are as a parent and what support you have around you you know how you're actually going then I'm not looking at all of the right pieces and so that's why this is such a such an important part of it for me Um, because when we're overwhelmed anxious depleted that impacts our experience of motherhood 
And it's really hard to parent from that place when we are depleted, when we are really struggling. And I've been there. I've taken this whole journey to get to where I am now. And it's not something that is I'm perfect with either. Like I struggle with it every day still. Mm. Um, but I think it's something that we really need to have conversations around because mums are burning out every day. Mums are really struggling mm. and our society doesn't support them very well. Um, so I like to think of self-care. This is something that has come from my personal journey. Um, because everyone talks about the cup analogy, right? And, you know, you've got to fill up your cup so you can pour out into others. And throughout my experience, I have tried to see it as I'm filling up my cup and doing things throughout the day, throughout my week, alongside my mothering that keeps my cup full or very close to full. And then I pour to others from the overflow. Mm because if we're always talking about full and empty it's just it's very jarring it doesn't flow um whereas if we can talk about it as that you know our cup is full and we can then place more importance on it as well we can value it we can see ourselves as worthy of it and then we can see that that overflow is what benefits everyone else so it's it's seeing that self-care and looking after ourselves is actually really central to how we look after our family 100 percent. and i love that analogy as well because i think and I, I know you might give some examples soon of how you do it but if you think about constantly topping your cup so rather than the full and the empty approach if you think about constantly doing little things throughout the day to make sure that you keep topping up to keep topping up as opposed to pour it all out, pour it all out, pour it all out. It's empty. Okay. Now you have to do some big grandiose, you know, act because you got to fill the whole thing back up again. And it's like, what if we just let go of emptying the cup and just think, well, you know what? Like I'm thinking about the water jug. I have a water filter jug in my fridge, right? And I always keep that full. Like I just would never... I pour from it and as soon as I pour from it, I fill it back up again because it makes no sense that I would just pour and then put it back in the fridge and then pour again and then wait till it gets completely empty and it just doesn't make any sense. But I think when you translate that to this whole mothering cup, it makes sense to carry that over because why would we let ourselves get to empty because that's so much harder to fill up. Whereas if we just keep on top of that, if we just keep every time we deposit or, you know, pour from the overflow, we fill it back up again. I think so many mums would be so much happier and so much more content if we thought about it like that. So I just remember when you'd mentioned that, I was like, that is just like a brain explosion for me. But I love that so much. And I also think the word overflow feels so abundant. It feels so lovely to just be pouring to your children and to your community from your overflow knowing that your cup is already full. I just think that's so beautiful. So what are some examples of how you keep that cup constantly topped up throughout the day? Because I know we had talked about in the past that it, I think a lot of mums make self-care to be this big grandiose thing um, and how it may, may not look like that. Or in fact, it probably shouldn't look like that because that's not always accessible to you at all times. So what's some examples from your life? Yeah, Um and this is something, like I said before, this has developed a lot for me over the past almost two and a half years of being a mum because I had all those views of what 
I guess I thought self-care should look like another should yeah. <laughs> um, and it was those big things it was you know going to the day spa or you know solo walks on the beach or whatever and a lot of the time it's not a reality they're not necessarily accessible to us very easily um, also even when we do do things like that and we are away from our child for self-care there's still a mental load that is attached to that. We still have to plan for that. And, you know, even when we're apart from them, we're thinking about them and what if they don't nap? What's that going to mean for later? Like, it's just not as simple as that. Yeah. But when Sometimes we do... it's harder. I yeah, exactly. Especially in the early days, if you need to like pump to go and do something, I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why it's important to like have a mindset shift and look at it differently. And I think also if we're always looking at it from, well, I need to do these big things and um, that's how I'm going to fill my cup or that's how I'm going to be okay, you know, to, to parent the next day or whatever or the next week or month we then put the pressure on ourselves. So say if I go and get a massage and I'm all relaxed and it's lovely and then I get home and my toddler has a meltdown and then I'm putting the pressure on myself going, I've just had a massage, I need to stay calm, I've just filled my cup. And it just just puts too much pressure on ourselves. So while those big things are great, if, if you feel like you're in a place to be able to do them or that you want to do them, they don't sustain us across the whole experience of being a mother and so for me it's been a big shift of doing those things yes partially sometimes but mostly it's scattering things throughout my day throughout my week and making it really accessible Um, there's lots of different layers to it and there's like my basic needs so making sure that I'm eating hydrating you know going to the toilet all those things um pre-preparing lunches to have in the freezer and pull out things like that um another example is my pelvic floor exercises I tie them to certain points throughout my day one of them is at night when I'm feeding my son to sleep I do that because I'm there anyway you know it helps keep me calm it gives me something else to think about so little things like that Um, I love essential oils, so I've got them sort of throughout the house so that when I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little uneasy here, just going to do that because that to me is a little prompt to take a few deep breaths. And now that my son's older, you know, he's got them too or, you know, he'll, when he's a bit uptight, he'll take his deep breaths too. We do it at bedtime. So I think modelling to our children as well, just those little moments throughout the day, again, is helping them to build their own self-regulation skills. So, you know, it's kind of like we're, we're doing it for us, we're doing it for them. But when we can make it accessible, um, it just means that it can be that sustainable process for us and we can pour from the overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, even just little reminders, like I remember having at one point post-it notes in the bathroom, take three deep breaths, yeah. you know, when I go to the toilet, like just the littlest things can make such a big difference. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I just think it's so accessible. So it's never like this thing that is external to us or this thing that's too far beyond us, like a day spa or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of those, but um, they're an every now and again thing. Realistically, they're never going to be something like on the daily, we need to be filling out self-care tank up. And to be honest, on the hour, I really yeah. think we need to be filling out motherhood, such a roller coaster of emotions and holding space for 
children and their big feelings is a really tough job. And I think you constantly throughout the day need, like I will go minute to minute sometimes of like, whew, got to take another deep breath and got to do, you know, like, and that's okay. That's just the dynamics of having young children in your house. And I remember listening to a podcast that a child psychologist had shared, and I thought I might share it here because it is relevant. Um, It's about imagining your family members because it's all about family harmony. It's not just about filling your babe's cup up and supporting them at all costs. It's not at all because that's not sustainable. It's about making sure the whole family is full. There's a good dynamic, good harmony. So she was talking about making um, a Venn diagram. So let's say the Venn diagram is you and babe, or often it should be, you know, like whoever is in your family. So you, husband, babe, other kids, whoever. But there's going to be this overlap in the middle. That's a Venn diagram. I'm, I'm just having a mental break. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long time since I went to school. <laughs> so there's that overlap in the middle where, um, you know, like their interests, needs, whatnot, um, are the same or can like coexist with yours. And so she was talking about trying to do activities. This may be apply. No, actually this applies for all ages, I think. I was going to say it maybe applies for older kids, but no, it doesn't trying to overlap where everyone's needs can be met. So sometimes, for example, if I'm playing imaginative play or like wrestling and horsey rides and things like that with my kids, I tire very quickly because if I'm being honest, I don't actually love that sort of play. I do it for my kids, but it doesn't fill my cup up. Like I actually find it a bit like tiresome. Yeah. So that's fine. I will do it, but I'm conscious that there's like a time limit for how long I'll do it for. However, if I take my kids to the beach that fills my cup up. Like that's my happy place. And I will be happy to play there for hours with them because I love being by the ocean and being amongst nature. And so for me, that's such a good activity because my kids are having a ball, like they're just, you know, playing and running around and being outside and I'm having a ball too. And it's just like the perfect play date for us all to fill all our cups up. Because if I expected myself to play cafes and schools and whatever all day long, I'd be such a depleted, angry, bored mum because I don't enjoy that. And I think it's really cool to acknowledge like that might light some people up and that's something therefore that you would maybe try and initiate a little bit more because it's meeting all your needs. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I totally resonate with that. And I think someone once said to me in my, in the first year that you're not the director of amusement that it's okay for your child to lead the play and it's okay if you don't get into every single thing that they're into and it's okay and you know it's good to find things that you do both enjoy together so that's definitely something that I consciously do as well yeah 100% I think um yeah it's just that's for me like a version of me doing little things throughout the day to light me up like I really like cooking and so Granted, this can go both ways, but I try to invite the kids in with me so that we can cook together because they really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. It's also something that I need to get done as part of like the mother load. And so I find that that's like a really nice way for us to be like getting a lot of needs met, you know, household needs, child connection. Um, and something I enjoy. Sometimes I'm like, can you just not make any more mess, please? But for the most part, it is something we really enjoy doing. So yeah, I think it's really cool just to like sit down and actually go, oh, because I I feel like there'd be a lot of mums out there listening to this who are like, oh, it's okay to not like doing everything with my kid. But let's lean into the things that I do like, maybe like bike riding together. Like I love going to the skate park with them as well. Like I love 
watching them on their scooters and I love getting on the skateboard myself and like it's a ball so that sort of stuff I could do for hours with them and I can tell you right now they have such a better time when you're actually enjoying it like they know when I'm giving them a horsey ride that it's not that much fun because I'm not into it I'm like you know what I'm too old to be crawling on the floor (laughs) this is not comfortable (laughs) I don't really want to do this this is a dad play because he loves doing that this is not for mum but they sense that and so I think it's not as much fun for them anyway you know like it's yeah exactly it's not so yeah I just wanted to make that point as well um so definitely filling your cup up during the day not waiting for those big grandiose things I'd like to pull it back to sleep just for a second What are you thinking when it comes to supporting your baby's sleep, particularly if you are doing something that requires you to be there for your baby's sleep, whether it be rock them, feed them, cuddle them, whatever it is. You mentioned you do pelvic floor exercise. Have you got any other ideas um, that mums could be doing to fill their own cup up whilst they are actually supporting their baby to sleep? Yeah, yeah. Um, These are things that I have done throughout. And again, it's changed um, as he's grown. Um, Some things will have been more when he was contact napping um, or when I was laying with him for his sleep. So those ones would be like putting a movie on and watching that and just embracing that contact nap. Um, At the moment, at bedtime, we do our little routine. You know, dad reads him a little story and then he'll leave and then I feed him to sleep. And I, we do a um, body relaxation together. So I say that out loud for him to do, but I am also doing it myself. Some deep breathing and a little bit of a, um, if you want to call it a meditation, but it's just deep breaths. Um, and then I say to him, you know, it's time to go to sleep. And as I'm waiting for him to go to sleep, I pop a um, ear pod in and I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book, something that, um, you know, is sort of, interesting to me um, because I don't need to focus on him because he's falling asleep but it keeps me engaged it keeps me calm and stops my head from running off to the places of oh when he's asleep I'm going to do this I'm going to do that or I should be doing this it helps sort of keep me present even though I'm not specifically focusing on him it helps helps to keep me in that moment if that makes sense um, and you know I think even just resting like sleeping, prioritizing your rest, that's okay as well. We don't get told that enough. Um, So that's something I certainly did, especially in the first year. I would, you know, lay with him um, for usually the first part of the night still even. I'd go to sleep early (laughs) because I was so tired. Um, But just not being afraid to do that, even though you might have this list of all these things that you need to do, realizing that actually your rest is a priority and that is productive and it's okay to do that Mm -hmm. um but basically in terms of what works for you as a person obviously I'm sharing my personal examples because self-care is such a it's a personal thing Mm -hmm. what works for me isn't going to work for someone else but don't be afraid to experiment you know if you are sitting there listening to something you're like oh this doesn't really work for me you know find something else um if you're bouncing on a ball you know finding a way that you can do that in maybe a slower more gentle way that might feel a little bit like more gentle on your hips and a bit more like a stretch Um, there's all sorts of things that you can do it's just experimenting and and figuring out what feels right Mm -hmm. 
to keep you in that calm state while you are supporting their sleep so that it doesn't become as extended as it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. I personally, I actually really look forward to putting Luca to bed every night. And I think it's because I have a really nice, apart from when the surf's really good and she's, <laughs> but we have a really nice ritual. And that involves, for me, I listen to a podcast a lot of the time. So I don't get a chance to listen to podcasts during the day. So I kind of save up all my favorite podcasts. Um, and it's just like, I, I look at it as almost like a bit of me time. So we have some connection then she feeds to sleep. And while she's doing that, I listen to a podcast and it's actually something to look forward to for me. And I'm just thinking about some other examples in my life. We had friends uh, or like they lived close by to us and their baby only liked movement in those early days. And so we weren't too far from the beach. And so they figured, well, you know what, rather than pacing up and down in my house, like feeling a bit caged in these four walls, I'm going to walk to the beach every night. And so either her or her husband would get the pram out or the carrier and they would walk to the beach, have a look at the beautiful sunset and then walk home. Babe was asleep. They got fresh air. They got to go have a look at the beach rather than just pacing the house. And obviously that's not going to work for everyone, depending on, you know, nighttime, um, if there's daylight, if you've got other siblings or whatnot. But that was like a really nice way I thought of them going, rather than getting frustrated that this baby only wants to be on us to fall asleep, let's make lemonade and actually go and do something that we would enjoy doing anyway. So yeah, they went and, and would do a sunset beach walk every night. And I thought that's really great example of making a positive out of something that a lot of people would probably find quite frustrating. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I remember that just took me back to when our son, I don't know how old he was, but he was still having three naps, but sort of getting ready to drop the third one. And I remember that third one would be really hard to get. It would need to be motion, only needed to be a short one. And so the way it was timed was when hubby would get home from work and I'd be there ready. We'd pop him in the car. He didn't like the car, but if you timed it just right, he would fall asleep. And then because we have our really good chats when we're just driving. Yes. And so that was a way for us to reconnect, to chat. Babe got a bit of a sleep and it just was a better transition then into the evening. So yeah, I love that. Uh, that's actually just prompted something for me as well. Car sleeps are also one of my favorites. So my daughter's not really doing them anymore, but she used to when she was a bit younger. Um if you can find, so I would know the coffee shops I could stop at where I could park right out the front and go in and get a coffee. Sometimes I could even, this was like luxurious. There would be like outdoor tables, which are literally right next to your car. Yeah. And so sometimes I would manage to get a par car spot right there, which meant I could sit down and have a coffee and a lunch to myself while my babe napped in the car. And I was like, you know, all safe, you know, windows down, yeah, of all course, of that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was right next to her, but I felt like I was taking myself out on a date. That was awesome. And then these days, how that looks is sometimes if I can't get her to sleep, I'll pack all three kids in the car and I'm like, right guys, we're going for a drive. We're fortunate we live on like the Great Ocean Road, which is just an epic coastline in Victoria. So we just go and drive and like, look at the beach. She falls asleep. I play my favorite playlist and I'm looking at the beach and I'm like, car naps are amazing. I, I can't yeah. believe I forgot to mention that one. Yeah. <laughs> if you're struggling, get in the car, go somewhere that's really scenic and beautiful. And like you said, if you're with your partner, that is the best time to chat as well. So yeah, making lemonade out of lemons. I love it. I think that's yeah, absolutely. great advice. Yeah. And then you touched on earlier, but I just wanted to finish with in terms of actual like maximizing maternal sleep. So you mentioned 
especially in the early days when babe is waking up or you know what to be honest whenever they might be waking up frequently it may not just be early days you mentioned going to bed when they go to bed if possible is a good way to maximize sleep I know I did that in the early days with Luca I would go to bed um, at seven o'clock or whenever she went down I would stay in bed till seven o'clock so I was getting 12 hours of horizontal rest I was up a lot in terms of waking up um, but I was resting most of that time that made an enormous yeah. difference for me optimizing my sleep and rest have you got any other tips or things women could try to actually optimize their rest and sleep when they've got babes waking up a lot I think we mentioned co-sleeping at some um some stage and side lie feeds but have you yeah. got yeah absolutely so um obviously we've touched on embracing contact napping and like you said going to bed early um another one is weekends you can alternate sleep-ins so you know um hubby sleeps in saturday i sleep in sunday we've been doing that for quite a while that's just can give you a little bit of a top up um if you can have if you do have a partner and they can help with even the first resettle of the night that gives you like a really good stretch. Like if you can get three or four hour stretch mm. and then the rest is interrupted, then that can make the world of difference. So again, it's dependent on every family, what works, what doesn't work, experimenting, not being afraid to experiment. Um, in the mornings as well, like if your baby's up early, you've been up all night, get your partner to take them out and you know, if they're, if they're on solids, get them to have breakfast, if not just cuddling them while, you know, they have their own breakfast um, so that you can, again, just get a little bit more sleep or as a minimum, some rest, Mm. any rest is good rest. And like you said, if you're laying horizontal, you're resting. If you can feed to sleep while you're laying down, sideline breastfeeding, try and nail that. It would change your life. Um, Just those little things, those little tweaks can make a difference, but also things like noticing what interrupts your sleep. So if your baby's sleeping and you're struggling to get to sleep or, you know, you've got thoughts racing or something like that, tuning into what might be causing that. So for me, it's no caffeine after midday because that will keep me awake. I'll still be awake at two o'clock in the morning. Um, You know, it might be doing like a brain dump of the mental load and I don't even need, necessarily need to have it written out. I might just open up my phone into a voice recording and just go, this is everything I'm thinking about. This is what I, you know, am thinking about what I need to do. Getting it out of my head can actually help me to then fall asleep. Using podcasts. There's so many out there, the, you know, sleep specific ones. There's one that I listen to. It's just some lady reading a story in a really boring monotone. And I'm asleep within like 15 minutes. <laughs> So when I can't sleep, like I've always got that, again, keeping it accessible. I have my phone on my bedside table. I try not to check it, but I know that during the night, if I'm struggling to get back to sleep, I've got my phone, I've got my headphones. So I'm not going to then need to get up trying to look for them during the night. They're there. So it's off of my mental load at the beginning of the night. Um, So just tuning into things like that can make the world of difference. Hundred percent. And for any women out there, my sister-in-law, she showed me this um, meditation for uh, nighttime that Chris Hemsworth narrates. Have you heard that? Oh, I have not. He has a very soothing voice. <laughs> so it's like really deep and like very handsome. And I just was picturing his face. I was like, this is amazing. I think. Wow. 
she did it for my daughter to see if that would get her to see. So I don't actually know if it's for kids or whether it's for everyone. But anyway, get onto that. He has an amazing sleep, like yeah. soothing voice. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and I was just thinking about the night shifts that you mentioned. They saved me with my first two kids. I actually found from an anxiety point of view. So if I went to bed... I actually found myself quite anxious about when the first wake up would be because I often found that the hardest wake up because I think I was yeah. in my deepest phase of sleep. And so, you know, if I went to bed when they went to bed, at, you know, seven or eight o'clock, but then they woke up at 10, I would just, I felt rotten the next day. Whereas wake ups after 12, for some reason, didn't really bother me that much. And so I acknowledge that, okay, before 12, ideally, optimizing as much sleep as possible after 12 doesn't seem to affect me so much my husband happened to be like a fairly good night owl and he was like well that's perfect because I actually kind of like working at nighttime once the kids go down so it worked really well because he would stay up and work till about 11 o'clock knowing that it was very set that he had till 12 o'clock that was his shift because I didn't want to like hear the baby wake check the time and be like oh should I check with him if he is yeah. gonna grab yeah I just needed to know that it's eleven fifty nine. this is his resettle not mine and that worked so good because it meant that my anxiety I didn't have to worry about oh how long is it going to take for me to resettle now that worked wonders I, I'd forgotten about that that was with my first child so we used to do that for quite a while actually and then it meant that when he went to bed after working he knew that he could sleep all the way through to the morning and not have to worry about getting up. So it was just like a really good blend of like both of us getting a good chunk of sleep, not having to tag team throughout the night because I found that to be too jarring, but just being like, you have the first shift and you have the second shift. So yeah, that worked really well for us if that resonates with anyone else as well. So this has been so good, Sarah. Is there anything that you'd like to finish off with? Is there anything that we've missed that you think would be really important for mums and sleep and self-care or have we covered all bases? Um, I think the only thing that I would add is just like if you're listening to this and thinking how did I not know about this how did I not consider this you know perception or something like that or this perspective um don't be too hard on yourself like I didn't know all of this when I started to you know this is with hindsight and a lot of research a lot of work that I've done and you know we are so conditioned to see things a certain way, um, that mothers are self-sacrificial, you know, all of these things that we're taught of what a good mother looks like. So if this feels like it's really hard and heavy, like that's okay. That's been part of my process too. Um, But there is, you know, there are ways to work through it and just starting to recognise that having the conversations, doing the little mindset shifts, you know, it's going to change your whole experience. So just be compassionate, be kind to yourself and just know that whatever you're doing, you're doing your best and you're doing an amazing job. What a way to finish. 100% agree with everything you just said. That's a really beautiful reminder for anyone who is maybe being a little bit hard on themselves because I know a lot of mums are prone to that. Be kind to yourself. Like you said, you're doing the best job you know how right now with the information that you have right now as well. So thank you so much, Sarah. This has been so valuable and I know women are going to be soaking it up. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been my pleasure. Hey, mamas. 
final episode. I hope you loved this Well-Rested Mama series and particularly the episode today. I also hope that that cup analogy really landed on you like it did for me. I know now I think about my water filter jug in the fridge and about how I don't just let that get empty before I fill it back up. Every time I pour a cup of water, I fill it back up again. Of course, that makes sense. But when it came to my life and my self-care, I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was thinking, okay, well, deplete, 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 and then fill it all up in one big massage or one big beach walk or whatever it was. Whereas now I genuinely practice self-care every single day. I do take time out, whether it's a minute with my kids surrounding me or whether it's half an hour on my own, whatever it is, I do make sure every single day I communicate my needs with my partner. I call on his support if I need it. I prioritize myself and remind myself I am worthy of this time because I am and the whole family unit runs so much better when I am nourished, filled up, happy. So I prioritize it every single day now and it's not hard and it is actually, to be honest, easier for everyone in my family when I take that time for myself. So I hope if you're listening to this feeling like self-care is a thing of the past or that looking after you, that you don't have enough time, you're not worthy. There's just, you know, like there's, it's not a priority. You've got too many kids. You've got too many things on your plate. I really hope this episode sticks with you because you have enough time to look after you. You are worthy enough to look after you. And the entire family unit, your children mostly, will 110% benefit from you being fulfilled first. So gone are the days of the mother martyr. I think we can all acknowledge now that that is not serving anyone to be a martyr, to be self-sacrificing at all costs, particularly to yourself. Your children want to see their mother fulfilled and happy and excited and they want to see their mother filled up. And that can look so many different ways, like I, I say for everything, It is not about taking this information and going, okay, I want to go have a bubble bath. It is about taking this information and applying it uniquely to you. So for some women, a bubble bath will be the most luxurious, beautiful thing they can do for themselves. And for others, that will be so painstakingly awful that it's not at all going to feel like self-care for them. So you've got to find what works for you. For some people, listening to a podcast or going for a run will be what fills your cup up. For other people, myself, I like just sitting on the sand and staring at the sunrise. I don't do anything. I just sip coffee and stare at the sunrise and that feels so, so good in my cells. I can feel my whole body vibrating happiness when I do that. So it's about finding what works for you. Again, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It's the micro moments throughout the day role modeling to our children that it is important to look after you first because they need to learn it's important to look after them too so ah as you can tell i could talk about this topic all day but if you love this episode if you have anything else you would like to share about how you fill your cup up please come and chat to me over at physio laura comment on the post i've done for this podcast and let me know how you fill your cup up and what is the ways that you try and incorporate self-care into your day because I think so many mums would love to hear from other mums about what they do for that. And if you need extra support when it comes to sleep and well-being and looking after you, absolutely go and check out Sarah. She is at Blossom and Snooze on Instagram. She's a wealth of knowledge and she has so many great resources and ways to help you. So definitely go check her out. Final reminder for the bonus video for all Pregnancy Posse members, it is inside the membership deep dive 25 minute epic video from Sarah 
on all of the topics we've covered in this podcast. If you want to learn more about baby sleep, how you can implement things like bed sharing and safe co-sleeping into your everyday life, go and check that video out. And if you don't want to check that video out, but you just want to move your body in a beautiful way, strengthen your pelvic floor, reduce your pelvic pain, prepare for birth, the Pregnancy Posse membership is still for you. It is absolutely for you. Go and check it out, thepregnancyposse.com. You can trial it for seven days. I look forward to welcoming you inside. I send everyone a little video to say hello and answer any of your questions. So if you do join, make sure that you ask me all your questions because I do jump on a video and share my answers with you. Otherwise, mamas, wherever you are right now, I really hope that you take 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, half an hour to fill your cup up today. For me, you know what's filling my cup up right now? My daughter is being looked after by a beautiful friend of mine while I work this morning for three hours and my cup is full. Talking to you right now in this podcast is filling my cup up. Having a solo coffee later will also fill my cup up, but right now doing work that I love to do in my own time on my own schedule is really cup filling for me. So I hope wherever you are, you're doing something for you and I will catch you soon for our next amazing series that we have coming up. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out and big love to you all and I will talk to you soon.